0: This is Valley Watch, your first choice for public safety news and information with Phoenix Fire Department Deputy Communication Director, Ali Party. KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
1: Good morning. Yes, that's me. It's Allie Party again, bright and early on your Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us here on Valley Watch, a show hosted by the Phoenix Fire Department and brought to you by our good friends here at Bonneville Broadcasting. I am joined this morning again. I would say this is two times I've been able to interview you. My good friend, D.C., who leads the community assistance program for Phoenix Fire. Good morning. Good morning. I, I know I probably underplayed your title. Can you go ahead and explain wh- who you are, what you do, and what is CAP?
0: Sure. Um, so uh, I am the program administrator for the Community Assistance Program. We provide crisis intervention and behavioral health services within the city of Phoenix. We respond through the 911 system, both as a co-response with fire and police department, but also as a singular response for individuals who are having behavioral health um, crisis and need someone to come out and meet with them
1: it's been really cool to kind of see in my you know few short years with the city uh, how the CAP has evolved and I know that the community assistance program has been around for several years dating back to what 1994 or five or five yes. and so um talk about the evolution of CAP if you would
0: Absolutely. So it was the brainchild of a fire chief many years ago Mm. uh, to be able to provide on-scene crisis support to individuals who've had a traumatic incident, like a house fire Mm. or someone died unexpectedly in their home. It started out as a volunteer and intern-based program, eventually got some funding for victim services services. Um, and then in 2021, 2022, the city council approved uh, $15 million for us to expand the program to go to full-time and part-time paid positions, as well as continuing to use volunteers and interns, um, but also increasing from five crisis response teams to a total of 10, and then creating these new behavioral health units, which yeah. is a collaboration between the city and some um, uh, external partners, Impact Taros, to provide peer support specialists on this those units.
1: And those units, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're strategically placed throughout the city so they can, you know, based on where these calls or resources are needed. I know it's all the way up to the North Phoenix area, to South Phoenix, kind of all over, right?
0: Correct. Yes. Yeah. And as we continue to get data about where our calls mm -hmm. are, our plan is to be mobile enough to be able to try to put teams so their response times um, are minimized in order to get to the individual who's in crisis.
1: And I know we talk about it all the time. You know, the city of Phoenix is rapidly growing just as much as you know, we're talking about um, fire stations and fire trucks and you know, we're on a crazy, you know, event of trying to hire as many firefighters as we can. Same thing for you guys at the Community Assistance Program. Can you talk about, I know, it was it in March you guys did that kind of hiring blitz, if you we will? We did. We're yeah. still recovering. Um,
0: so yeah, we, uh, It was fun. It was. It was five weeks of, of hiring um, we were able to get about 48 to 50 people out of wow. that process who we've now um, um, essentially completed all the onboarding for those individuals. And what that did allow us to do is um, go from five crisis response units to six crisis response units and from one behavioral health unit up to four behavioral health units that are staffed and can respond anywhere within the city of Phoenix twenty four hours a day.
1: That's incredible. And you think about it, you know, this the job of a firefighter is very difficult and they they can only do so much. And they're they're asked to respond to these emergency situations and you know, they are compassionate and empathetic, but there's another level that's needed. And so the layer that this is now supporting with the community assistance program and the expansion and having, you know, six now behavioral health units and you look at that, you know, what it what it, what is kind of been the the latest, I guess, in the last year, you know, that response. What's that looking like for you guys?
0: So we're basically if someone calls 911 and they are um, seeing someone who seems to be um, experiencing a behavioral health crisis, uh, the police department's dispatch assesses that and then will send that call over to one of our behavioral health dispatchers. Our teams go out and watch and look for that person because sometimes mm-hmm. they're unhoused and so we, yeah. we will try to find that individual that the individual described who called 911 um, and engage with that individual to see what services they're interested in and what they need. And sometimes it's a matter of reconnecting them to services that they had been connected to mm-hmm. but um, because of life circumstances they just lost contact with their case manager or weren't able to get the medication that helps them. So we're really trying to get them back into the Services that already exist.
1: It's really like wraparound services, if you will.
0: It is, yes. Yeah.
1: So we look at now, fast forward to where we're at. We have now announced on both the radio and local media and our website that there is a new task force that has been announced with the City of Phoenix's leadership and the City Manager's Office. And it's a pretty exciting time because with this expansion, we also want to continually hear from the community. And so with the Community Assistance Program having it in its name, what are you now asking from the community?
0: So the City Manager's Office is putting together a task force. It's named, The name of the task force is the Community Health, Wellness, and Safety Task Force, it's part of building best practices that we've seen going on around uh, the United States as alternative response teams are put into place. So what we're hoping to have is agencies who are interested, who provide services to individuals with behavioral health issues, um, apply to become part of this task force, as well as members at large is what we call them Mm -hmm. in the community. So community members who may have lived experience or who are just really interested in seeing how is the city supporting individuals who are experiencing behavioral health crisis and giving us input on what we can continue to do to make that process better.
1: And for everyone listening and those listening back on our website with our archives and our podcast, you can find the link to apply for this task force at phoenix.gov forward slash fire on the right ha- right hand side of the page. You'll see a little icon that has a white um, Phoenix City of Phoenix Community Assistance Program ban. It says CAP on the bottom of the image. You click on that and then it'll take you to that page where you can learn about this task force, apply and just kind of gives you more context context. context to what this is, but um, DC, can you kind of just talk about it from your perspective as, you know, the program manager, if you will, what does this look like for you?
0: It'll be a group of professionals as well as community members that will be able to look at how as a city, as a whole, but also in our community assistance program, how we're engaging those people who are in crisis, and then how we're engaging our community partners to provide, like you said, that wraparound service to get them the the services that they need. Um, and there are several different departments within the city that are are trying to address the needs of our communities through. Um, ARPA funds through city funding. Um, so this will give us the opportunity to look at as a whole for the city, how are we responding and what is how can we work together within mm. departments to to make sure that we're, we're um, meeting those who are in need, mm. where they're at. And then being able to do follow up as needed to continue to provide those resources and making sure that they're getting connected into those community um, agencies and services that provide the long term supportive services
1: you you talked about it a little bit earlier, and as the city of Phoenix, we take a lot of pride in working with community partners and you know external stakeholders and I know that the CAP you guys you guys are working hand in hand with is is it taros who else are, are you working with?
0: Um, Teros Impact, we, um, are meeting with, and our, our team members are going out into the community and meeting small businesses, um, within the community that offer, um, supportive services to those who are unhoused, mm-hmm. to those who are experiencing mental health crises, individuals with pets who, who need services, especially mm-hmm. like if a house fire and things like that. So yeah. we're constantly reaching out to try to find, um, individuals and agencies that can help those that we serve. Um, in a longer-term manner than what we're designed to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk about it all the time. You know, when the 911 call comes in, the fire truck goes out and the lights come on. Same thing with the community assistance program. But how can we prevent those emergencies from happening in, in the first place? Well, we obviously know that's different when we come to behavioral health issues sometimes. And so what's the best way that we can try to just serve the community and give them the resources that are available that maybe they just don't know are available Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I get all of our public information officer um, media blasts, if you will. So there's a house fire and they they send a narrative and they attach photos and images. And I, it, it ta- I feel really good when I read the last sentence of those emails. And it always says, you know, the family, the, the community assistance program is on scene, assisting the family with resources, connecting them to this, that and the other thing. And I mean you think about it and it's almost probably your worst day if you have the fire department at your house um then to have a team like yours that are trained in all of these additional you know Not counseling, but being able to counsel them into the next resource and to be able to talk to them in a way that, you know, we know that you just had your worst day, but we're here for you. Can you kind of talk about what your team does when it comes to those types of things?
0: Sure. It's a lot of education on what to expect next, Mm -hmm. as well as emotionally what to expect and how to support each other as family members and as friends. Um, But also, like, what does it look like when when a medical examiner's office gets involved Mm -hmm. after someone's Mm -hmm. died or what does it look like to have to select a mortuary? How do we get Red Cross involved? So um, and then talking to people about especially with kids, what is a normal response for um, crisis with children Mm -hmm. and how can they support children through that crisis as well?
1: You guys are great. <laughs> like, I know, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but it's, it's truly incredible to see it. And, you know, I know we worked on a couple of different reports in the last couple of months about your guys' response. Anything that you want to touch on and, you know, your call volume or what you guys are seeing right now?
0: Our call volume is definitely going up as we have more units to go yeah. out and to respond and as we increase our time to be able to respond to 24 hours so we're really excited about that and we're really looking forward to seeing the continued growth and how we can positively impact those individuals who have experienced a crisis and then
1: you know we always talk and joke about how quickly our time goes but before we end here today can you just kind of give one more you know statement to those listening about this task force and what you would advise of them
0: I would say if you're at all interested, please apply. We're accepting applications until September 15th. There is some general information on the website on what the goal of that task force is. And I really strongly um, encourage people who want their voices heard in this to please apply.
1: And again, all of that information can be found at phoenix.gov forward slash fire. On the right-hand side of the page, you'll see the picture of the CAP van. It's They're both white and red, kind Correct. of. Yeah, yes. they're, <laughs> they're all over the streets. You'll see them, but um, they've got community assistance program written on the side. And um, the folks that staff those vehicles, they've got green shirts on. You can't miss them, but they're obviously... They're, they're friendly faces you can talk to in the community so even being able to chat with them i am always so excited when I see them because they're literally the nicest people but um, we, we would really just encourage those listening if it's not you that wants to apply share it with a family member share it with a coworker that maybe you know that maybe their family has been impacted in a way that they've benefited from this program and that they could have some really really great advice or information to, say, to share with us here at the city of Phoenix but D.C., thanks again for joining me thank you
0: for the <laughs> I appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. It's, I, I know this won't be the last time I have you on here. We'll get you on here a couple more times, and we'll keep plugging the great work that your team's doing. And I can't say it enough. You guys, You guys do tremendous work. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening today. We hope you have a safe and happy Sunday.